Well, howdy everyone, and welcome back to the Resilience in STEM podcast. I hope you had a great July. I think this is, well, I am filming this at the end of July. So literally, I'm filming this at the end of July. This episode should come out in August, early August. So hopefully you've had a good month. Um, Update for me is I feel like in my internship, I'm nearing the final weeks of it. And it kind of feels surreal that I'm about to finish this 10-week internship. And I remember beginning, and we would kind of get closer to the events. And as I went to them, in the beginning, I was thinking, I was like, wow, these later events are going to be until forever. Like, I don't have to think about it. And then now I'm like, oh, I have to submit the stuff for these events that are happening maybe tomorrow in a couple or in a couple days. So it's really crazy thinking about that. And uh, it's kind of surreal and kind of a little sad at the same time because... I've learned so much and I've gained a lot of new friends, but kind of nice I get to bring it back and finish my senior year. So yeah, kind of surreal that it's all happening. So pretty much a little grad school update like I normally do. Um, I'm in the process of writing my base essay. So my base personal statement and my base research statement. And if you don't know what that means, you can check that out, that information more in my last episode where I go more in detail on how to get started on your graduate applications. I talk more in detail on what it means to write a research statement and a personal statement and some resources and how to get started and all that. But essentially, I'm writing my base essays and... This will help me kind of figure out like what I want to include, what story I want to tell, and it allows me to have the base essay so when I apply to different schools, I can include like different information that's more tailored to the program. So that way I'm not writing the same essay for all the programs because a one-size-fits-all model doesn't really work. You have to tailor your essays to what school you're applying to, especially. In addition, I've also learned about the National Science Foundation, their Graduate Research Fellowship Program, or shorten the NSF GRFP. So I'm going to give a quick brief about this before I begin the episode. So this grant is essentially a way to fund your experience through grad school. So you get $37,000 for three years and essentially the application it looks like a couple essays, some transcripts, you have to write a few letters, you have to get a few letters of recommendation, and it's reviewed on intellectual merit and broader impacts. So I'm going to include the link for this, you can look at this a little more, as I as well am starting to like just look into it. I will say that the deadline is mid-October, so I recommend that, uh, I mean, I even recommend to myself that I should probably get started on this essay, so... I would look into that as well and see like how you want to prepare your application. But this is a great way to just get funding through um, your graduate degree. And if you get this award, you are more advantageous to get admitted to graduate programs as this is a pretty hard um, scholarship to get. Um, I will say for some programs, at least, their stipend may be higher than $37,000 a year. So what they tend to do is they pay you the $37,000 and the extra so you're equal to the other people as well. So just a little note on that. And you can apply, you can apply once on the year you're going to apply to grad school. So your application cycle. So this year I'm going to apply for the program and and then you can apply once or twice. Oh no, you can apply once during your first 
and your second year of graduate school and you have to kind of pick which one but you're graded and you're reviewed with your same group so i if i'm applying this cycle i'm not going to be compared to second year graduate students because that would be really unfair advantage i think um so definitely i'm going to include the link so there's more information about this award and you can read more about it especially the essays since they're a little different from the graduate essays from what i'm looking at um you really have to highlight the intellectual and the broader impacts um, review criteria very clearly from what i've seen you kind of can't just like hide it in you have to be really clear about it um, but what I've seen essays and just some good advice I've got from applying to this grant is you should look at some previous applications and people who have gotten it. So that way you can know that. And this award is given out to dozens of people. So if you don't know someone, you can reach out to them on LinkedIn or you can ask your academic advisor if they know someone who has gotten the award. Because even then, this grant has been given out for a lot of years. So maybe some junior faculty or a postdoc that you know actually got this grant when they were in graduate school. So you could ask them as well. That's how I ended up figuring out. So yeah, I want to transition to kind of like this grant, awards, things like that. I felt like it was pretty well fitting for what we're talking about. And it's good to have dreams. And when I say that, it kind of seems like a little bit of an abstract concept. I'm not going to lie. Because when we say it's good to have dreams, what do you mean? Like, is it good to like dream big? That's kind of what I mean by this. Like, it's very good to have those dreams because it motivates you to keep going and shoot for those big things and you may actually get them. And what I'm referring to more in this episode is going to be national fellowships. So these types can be for any discipline. I would just read the description and some of our more international research or education based. It really is. But essentially national fellowships, they are a national award. So you have to apply for them. And they basically give you this distinction and you can either travel to a certain country, get a certain degree, you can maybe get a scholarship. It's a huge range of things. So it's really important just to take a look at that. And some of the benefits include that you could get a cash prize. It's advantageous for advantageous for future applications. So let's say I would apply to a national fellowship during my undergrad career. And if I get it, that actually really looks good for graduate applications because if you were able to get this award, it's very competitive, very hard to get. It kind of shows that you have the qualities as a researcher or qualities that the award highlights that are similar to what you're applying to. So it's really good. Obviously, you get the national recognition and just things like that. Just a quick note is for these national fellowships, you do have to be an undergraduate at the institution. I don't think you can apply during your first year as your undergraduate, so probably your second, third, or maybe fourth if you graduate in five years. Um, but definitely a big preface on this is please read the description on these awards, these national awards, and please like make sure you're eligible for them. So some examples include the Fulbright Scholarship, the Rhodes Scholarship, the Goldwater, the Astronaut, and these might be names you're a little bit familiar, but this is what they are. The um, couple of little resources I want to say is that you want to check your institution um, for resources. So I'll attach the link at university. But another big thing is that make sure your school is eligible. So I applied to the Goldwater and the Astronaut, and I will talk about that a little bit later. 
but I had to make sure that Texas A&M was hosting students to win this award. So essentially, this national fellowships are kind of a little bit weird. So you have to like kind of partner. Your university has to kind of like have a little partnership with the award. And then you have to like, and then that from there, you can apply. So if your university doesn't want a partnership with the award or it's not required, um, you can either ask them about potential about that if you don't see it or you can just double check to see the requirements but usually most like bigger institutions or I don't know even some medium-sized institutions as well know about this but if they're not um, I would ask uh, a coordinator because they always have a national fellowship coordinator with this stuff and just to make sure that if the university is eligible and how is that going to happen so I'm going to talk about a little bit with the campus nominate with the with the application and what does it mean to have a national fellowship and how does the application process really look? So usually when you apply, you have to give obviously your background information, what school you are, make sure it's affiliated, the award is affiliated somehow with the school, like they have a partnership like I talked about previously. And there's a lot of essays you have to write. So it really depends on what award you apply to because some of them ask for a bunch of different essays and they're looking for different things. Whereas one, they're looking for a specific thing but they only ask for one essay. So I this is why I'm being really broad about this because there isn't like a set thing for all national fellowships and not everyone is eligible for all national fellowships. And I'll get into that a little bit more. So the first thing you need to do is when you apply, you apply through your university. So you're competing against everyone on your university to get a nomination. So that nomination, it depends on the university, on how many people they tend to nominate. And it also depends on with the partnership that they have with the award, how many spot, like how many awards can they give to the university? Because some universities, like with some awards, the cap is at like, oh, only two of you guys can get it. Or it's unlimited amount, but you can only nominate this many people from your university to get be eligible to receive this national award. So if you get, if you apply and then you get the nomination and it's only a very few amount of people, I will note of that, then you're put into a national pool with all the other nominees from all the partner institutions for this award. And then from there, the national committee for the award will go over all the all over all the applications and then decide who gets it from what i've realized it's actually harder to get the campus nomination because you're going against the best of the best in your school to get this really like small number nomination and then from there most people who get the nomination it's like a 50 percent chance at that point get the national award at that point or even like 50 to 75 percent i've seen it just depends on the institution you are but that's just something to note so with all of that, I'm going to talk about a little bit of my experience. And in that experience, I'm also going to talk about the types of awards I got, like the types of it. And I'm going to attach the links as well so you can take a little closer look at that. So the first one I applied to was the Goldwater Scholarship. And this is eligible for in your second, if you're a sophomore or you're a junior, if I believe. So the Goldwater is a research-based award and it basically like they're trying to find like people who are the innovative researchers of the future and like they're it's a really prestigious award to get. Um, this award has multiple 
essays or short answer questions. Like I remember when I applied, I had like a seven page document of all the essays I had to write. They required three letter res- letters of recommendation. And uh, basically at, at the core of it is I had to explain my research experiences and how they make me a researcher and like how my future aligns with being a researcher. And like, this is the path I meant to be. So that's how that ends up happening. Um, And it's really good if you get this for a PhD because you have a lot more flexibility on what programs you get into. But if you don't, please don't like, please don't feel like you didn't get it. Uh, You're not able to get any PhD program. That's literally not true. I know people who end up getting to the best PhD programs in their field and they don't get this award. So it's very, um, it doesn't inhibit you from doing anything. Um, So basically that's what the award was and they came basically with a cash prize at the end at the national recognition. There wasn't really a conference I had to go yearly as some require or I didn't have to do a master's degree. Um, this was just more for research base and the Goldwater, it's a, it's a science, technology, engineering, and math, so STEM research award. So if you did business or humanities research, this was not for you. So you had to be really careful about these awards, like I said. So some of these other awards, they are more for business students or they're more for people who want to do international studies or something like that. And that's what those fellowships are for. But the Goldwater was specifically for STEM research. And what makes this award hard is that there's a lot of people who do STEM research and STEM research is so such a wide audience. So you have to learn how to communicate your research very well and show that like what you're doing is very innovative and this is the path you're meant to be on. So the astronaut scholarship is another scholarship I applied to. And this is another national fellowship and it's pretty similar statement as the Goldwater. So this is a STEM research-based award. You're going against all the people in the STEM field and then you're maybe getting the award. What makes the astronaut scholarship a little bit different in its mission is not only are they looking for researchers and innovators, they're also looking for people who are leaders in their community and who are going to be, who emulate who the astronauts were like back like when they were starting out like they were basically national heroes like not only were they very smart and very intelligent they were like the best they were very active in their communicate in their communities or very well communicators things like that so some so that's something I definitely thought I could apply to because I had a good background with my DNI research and my senate experience and the research I do is really a lot so for the astronaut, it is a little different. It's completely different. There's only one essay and you have a one page resume. So the Goldwater, you had to like write multiple essays and you couldn't upload a resume. So basically you had to write your resume, which was kind of weird in my opinion. But for this, is this was an essay and then that was a resume. And there's two letters of recommendation and you had to put emphasis, more research. You had to make it more research-based, but you had to include it the, a little bit in the route on how you're a leader. So I personally felt like this was harder when I initially started like making this application. I thought it was actually going to be easier because there was less things I had to write, but it was actually a lot harder because I had to condense everything down to a page. And that was really crazy for me. And one extra note, I forgot to include this, but similar to the Goldwater, the astronaut is only eligible for current um, sophomores and juniors. And I had to, this was partnered with A&M. 
So that's kind of how it was. And yeah, it was pretty much with this award, you got also got a cash prize as well and the national recognition. So that's kind of similar ideas of Goldwater, but their requirements were a little bit different and the essays and how much you had to write was significantly different. I think it was more like night and day experience of like, for the Goldwater, I had to write like every single thing I could possibly think of, whereas Asher and I was like, how do I condense this down into one single page? Terrifying. And I notice as I'm talking about this, and uh, you might be noticing, is that I did not talk about how I got the nomination or the award. Because I did not. I did not get the nomination or the award in any of these awards. I applied my sophomore year for both of them. I didn't get it. And I got a lot of feedback and it helped me grow. But it was a little hard that I didn't get it. It was kind of like my first official rejection. And obviously I didn't like it. I mean, like, who likes rejection? Nobody. That's kind of weird. But it really taught me overall how to become a better writer and a better storyteller. So even though I didn't get these awards, it taught me very much on how to explain my research to people. And it actually benefited me at the end. So maybe I didn't get the award, but it taught me like how to present more. It had taught me how to tell my story. Like what memories do I want from my past to come out and what story do I want? So it overall helped me feel more prepared for graduate applications now because now I'm kind of referring back to these essays that I wrote and I spend time on. I was like, okay, how would I say it this way? Like, how can I prove on this base I have? And I already, I have something to work with already. So I do recommend, um, even though getting the campus nomination, I do feel is kind of challenging um, for a for both the astronaut and the Goldwater I said like probably maybe over 50 or 60 people applied and there is only like four nominations, no, four people they could nominate for each award. Um, so, and keep in mind, you're dealing with the best of the best. It's not like you're in a general application pool. You're dealing with people who have years of research experience, like internships, things like that. You're dealing with this stuff and you have to come up, come up with a nomination. And from there... Both the Goldwater and the Astronaut, this is just typically A&M, how they do it, or how it is for A&M. Only two people get the national award for both the, for each the Goldwater and the Astronaut. And usually in the Goldwater, you hear about, you work on it tend to be in the fall. And the Astronaut, it's like, kind of like in the winter and the spring months. But I would definitely check out the website and see if your university is affiliated with these awards before you start like thinking about applying because I think that's the first step that you should definitely look about. But overall, like I do think this kind of brings back to the dreams aspect. Um, it's very good to have dreams and it's good to go for them. And this was definitely a little bit of a dreamy thing for me, but it taught me very much. Um, so I do think this is something that it's very advantageous and I think you should look into it. And maybe these two um, experience, like these two national fellowships aren't available at your university, but there's another one that's pretty similar. And I think you should go for that. Like definitely put in the application, put in the effort. It will be difficult, but it's very worth it at the end because it teaches you how to write. And I feel like in STEM fields, we often negate that a lot is that you have to be a good writer because we're conditioned to learn about math and science and like 
like just regurgitate lecture material and know how things work but if we can't write or communicate about it then how is anyone going to know about it so this really helped me overall my undergrad career to be a lot better of a writer and communicator than I started out to be um so yeah that's my little spiel on this I do think I will attach all the links to this don't worry about that and yeah that's all I have for you guys so yeah have a good day bye